Hello, welcome to Unfortunately Required Reading, where both of your female hosts are exhausted and screaming. Yes, we are. There's also there is a cat a, here. Yeah, there is a cat who is... The cat is making it much better. I've missed River so much. There's a little bit of purr therapy right now. Yeah, huh. River, I'm sorry the world is on fire. We have tried our best. She's like, I don't care. I haven't had a uterus since I was a kitten. Oh, <sighs> uh, so uh, for those of you who are living outside of the United States, uh, the Supreme Court is bad and has decided to uh, make women secondhand citizens again. Roe v. Wade was overturned, and every person with a uterus has been screaming in varying degrees of silent and not so silent for the past uh, week. Yeah, because it was Saturday. Yeah. Friday. Um, Friday. Yeah. Great way to close out Pride. So <laughs> That was very here, great. Now we have a random cat. So to kind of explain for people who don't really understand, the reason that Roe v. Wade is such a big deal is, one, it established right to privacy for medical care. It's yes. kind of what ended up giving us things like HIPAA, which is mm -hmm. um, like protects your privacy when it comes to going mm -hmm. to doctor's offices. Mm -hmm. um, my cat is obsessed with being anywhere with us right now. Um, it also established some precedents about basically your private and personal life, which mm -hmm. went on to allow us to have things like gay marriage seven years ago and oh, to also, mm -hmm. well, more than seven isn't now, or I don't know. I'd have to check notes. Because it was 2012, right? No, I don't no, remember. Anyway. It was like 2014. Okay, we're going to look it up. Anyway, um, what it did was it set precedents for things like having your employers provide birth control. Um, or allowing them to Sorry, 2015. it's 2015 and I remember it because that was my ex-girlfriend's birthday. And I remember oh. being so, so glad that I had another thing to remember that day by because I was miserable. So 2015. Um, it also allowed it allowed for gay marriage, it allowed for um, private birth control, allows for uh, multiple things that, um, you know, private relationships, a, a lot of things that could be very easily overturned. And this week, we've also seen things that are not codified in the Constitution. So women do not have the right to particular types of health care. Um, we're also not considered equal under the United States Constitution. Um, there was a thing called the ERA that never actually passed, which is the Equal Rights Amendment. Uh, we did finally get all the states who needed to back it up, but uh, that was supposed to be done decades ago. So good luck. Um, right now, uh, it's a little scary because uh, even very Catholic countries have rights to uh, reproductive health care. Uh, Ireland comes to mind. Mexico comes to mind. Both very heavily Catholic countries. Um, we are a heavily evangelical country and evangelicalism I was, is a cult. I was about to say, as a Catholic. <laughs> yeah, as, no, there, was no, I, there was no Catholic hatred there at all. I'm just yeah. saying. Well, and I know that there, I know that there isn't from you, but I have been on a lot of TikTok circles where people are throwing this at the Catholics. Excuse me. Catholicism is not the primary religion in the United States. It has not been nope. for a while. You cannot throw this at us. We have one Pope that people only half agree with. 
and the rest is down to individuals. And most individual Catholics are somewhere on the line of don't ask, don't tell, and it's none of my fucking business. Also something that's really interesting and has been kind of a major point of contention in the United States the entire time it has existed in white Anglo-Saxon hands um, is that Catholics are often treated as second-class citizens, um, especially in the 1800s where you would have groups of people go and terrorize them. Um, yeah, along a big part of the KKK's of and- terror. Yeah, a, a big portion of the KKK's terror reigns were also on Catholics. Like, it was... We're not talking about the book. Do you want to talk about the book? Because otherwise we will literally just do this all night. Right. Okay. So we're reading Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit by Jeanette Winterson, which interestingly enough is almost all religious trauma. So, um, hooray. That thing I I was convinced I didn't have. Yeah. I mean, same. And then I actually left uh, the church and suddenly realized a lot of uh, things that my therapist had been trying to explain to me for years. But anyway, so uh, right now I'm drinking a mimosa in honor of oranges. I have water because it's nighttime and I eventually have to take sleepy pills. Um, There was a TikTok of a girl whose doctor gave her cat some medication for an eight hour road trip. And it's the same medication I take. And it's like, can confirm that is the exact reaction. That's it. That's what happens. You will be asleep. And you will be asleep. Uh, so this is a relatively short-ish story long, which mm-hmm. is very impressive. I know. Are you surprised? I'm surprised. A smidgen. So, interestingly enough, the main character is also named Jeanette. That'll make sense when we kind of talk about the author a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeanette tells the story of her life with her parents living in England. She begins at the age of seven discussing her her adoptive life with her adoptive parents. Her mm-hmm. mother is a fundamentalist Christian and dominates Jeanette's entire life. As a fundamental as a child who was raised as a fundamentalist Christian can confirm. While yep. Jeanette's parents are still married, her dad is almost always not involved or missing or just out of the house. As a little girl, uh, she's homeschooled and taught to read the Bible, but at seven, the court orders that she has to go to public school. She can't be homeschooled anymore. Mm-hmm. Annette was adopted as her mother wanted to have a baby without having sex and wanted to train this child to be a servant for God. As a little girl, she believes she will someday become a missionary to the world. She has no friends and no one outside of her church until she goes to school. And when she gets there, the other kids make fun of her and Jeanette tends to try to convert her fellow classmates, which also keeps her from making friends. Yeah, Jeanette that almost loses, She almost loses her hearing because for a long time, her family's diagnosis of why she couldn't hear them was that she was probably in a state of rapture. The fuck? Anyway, a member of the church figures out that Jeanette just has a physical ailment and she goes to the hospital and has an operation and suddenly she can hear again. Um, she is often watched over by an older congregant named Miss Elsie who teaches her about poetry and Wagner. Things get worse at school since all of Jeanette's essays and art projects have to deal with missionary work, biblical quotes, strange Bible stories, scaring her, uh, her classmates. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Fuller, her teacher, tells Jeanette that her, the obsession with God is scaring other students and talking about hell is not going to win her any companions. Uh, Mrs. Vol sends a letter home to Jeanette's mom, and rather than taking the hint, Jeanette's mom reacts with elation. Um, Jeanette learns to stop referencing the Bible themes in her schoolwork, but is still seen as an outcast. 
And as she gets older, she realizes she doesn't agree with all the teachings of her congregation. She disagrees with a sermon about the nature of perfection, but is still closely aligned with her mother. Her mom remains a motivating member of what's called the Society for the Lost. This is kind of like an offshoot of their church. Mm -hmm. Throughout the narrative, we get discussions about women who live together or people who have a quote-unquote unnatural lifestyle and how they must be cut off from the religious group or from the Society for the Lost. Mm -hmm. So that pops up bits and pieces here and there. Like it's almost like they're throwing out breadcrumbs. Jeanette is confused about men and whether or not they become actual beasts when you get married or whether it's a metaphor. She literally thinks they're going to become a a beast. Um, Both. She hears women talking and complaining about their husband, and she constantly worries about a man marrying her. Uh, Jeanette and her mother go to down or go downtown, and Jeanette is fascinated by a girl she meets there named Melanie, who works at a fish stall. Mm-hmm. Jeanette gets a job at a nearby ice cream shop and spends her Saturdays working, and then she goes and basically stares at Melanie, trying not to get caught. A very um, universal Melanie- gay experience. Yes. Um, They become very close friends, and Jeanette takes Melanie to her church, and on her very first visit, Melanie devotes her life to Christ. Um, Jeanette and Melanie meet frequently at Melanie's house to study the Bible. However, this ends up in them having a love affair. Jeanette tells her mom how much she loves and needs Melanie, and that it makes her very happy. But this is a bad call, because at church the next Sunday, Melanie and Jeanette are called out for their unnaturalness. Melanie immediately repents. Jeanette argues with the pastor and leaves. She takes up refuge at the house of a woman named Miss Jewsbury, who was a lesbian. She and Jeanette hook up. The next day, the church tries to drive out the demons they think are in Jeanette by laying hands on her for 14 goddamn hours. Um, She still won't repent because there's nothing wrong with her. Her mom Mm -hmm. locks her in a parlor for 36 hours with no food. She pretends to repent, but maintains she has done nothing wrong in loving Melanie and God. Mm -hmm. Melanie disappears. Uh, Jeanette becomes involved in the church again. She now preaches her own sermons and teaches Sunday school. She starts an affair with a recent convert named Katie. They get caught one weekend, and Jeanette tries to take all the blame for it. The church thinks that they've given her too much responsibility, um, and now she must be thinking like a man. So they try to force her into giving up teaching and preaching. And she decides to quit the church instead. Her mother kicks her out of the house. Jeanette takes on a variety of jobs, including working at a funeral parlor, driving an ice cream truck, and ends up working at a mental hospital. She runs into her mom and the congregation who treat her coldly and still thinks she must be possessed. She moves to the city and returns home one winter to see her mom. Her mom still believes, but the Society for the Lost has recently undergone a corruption scandal surprise um Jeanette's mom doesn't bring up her daughter's homosexuality but seems to have softened in her to her behavior but she listens to the missionary reports on the radio system with her same fervor this book would be very different if it wasn't so fucking real and so sad yeah there were parts of this that I did read full disclosure I had a hard time finishing this because Roe v Wade happened and I climbed into a depression nest uh, but the parts that I was able to read, it did that thing that a lot of books do where it's like, this feels too close to home. Um, both of us have our experiences with organized religion. Uh, end of sentence. <laughs> Just end of sentence. Both of us have our experiences with organized religion. And you yeah. just... 
it's frustrating because there's so much of me that because I do still consider myself despite how witchy I am as a Roman Catholic I still strongly identify as being Roman Catholic despite being incredibly witchy and very deist and there's so much of me that wants to be like no it isn't all bad it's okay and then there's this other much louder part of me that is angry about everything and has been angry probably for hundreds of years and it's weird having these conflicting feelings i don't have them about my dad's weird uh evangelical church i do not have those feelings about that Fuck that cult and fuck the rapture drills. That was not necessary. A, a chair, a gymnasium chair is not going to protect you against the rapture. And that's something that we've kind of talked about on this podcast before. Um, the rapture is kind of a late addition to evangelical belief. Mm -hmm. um, it's not really something that shows up in Catholicism or Lutheranism or a lot of the long established Christian religions. Um, because they assume that the uh, revelations is written in code. Um, <laughs> depends but, on which, it depends on which Catholic you're talking about, which really could be a sticker. It depends on which Catholic you're talking about. Caveat. Rapture as phenomena, like the Left Behind series, is a new phenomena. Rapture as a concept has been a thing in almost every aspect of Christianity and Christian religion uh, I remember this very, very strongly. Like my mom was buried. It was uh, for those who have fallen asleep in Christ, you know, hope to rise. Like the idea of the dead and those on earth rising and stuff, which is why the term is who have gone to sleep rather than is fucking dead. Um, that has been a part of Catholicism and Catholic dogma for thousands of years. What has not is this very like pop culture version which left behind really popularized where like people are just getting yoinked. That's, that is fan fiction. That's not real. Yeah. Um, and there's, there yes. is an incredible fiction book series called, uh, it's the Vivian Apple series, Vivian Apple at the end of the world and Vivian Apple needs a miracle. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend, especially right now with everything that's going on with our supposed separation of church and state starting to take a more, religious aspect the, just, the entire book series is about the church of america corporation taking over the united states i'm so in love with people who are like i mean i'm not in love with them because they're ruining everything but i'm in love with this concept of like of what would the founding fathers say firstly they'd be very very concerned about all the brown people who have rights They'd be confused why we have Catholics on the Supreme Court. They'd be confused that Catholics exist at all. They'd be very, why very are the worried. Women talking? Why are the women talking? <laughs> why are the brown women talking? What do you mean we have sodomites? You know, like, I, I love the people who are incensed about, like, what would the founding fathers say? And it's like, they wouldn't like any of this because they were old, dead racists. Like, I don't know what you want. Like, they wouldn't like your version either. You wouldn't, you know, much like we talked about in The Handmaid's Tale, you would not be on top if they were still here. They don't like your version either. Like, they would not be happier with the way things are. I'm pretty sure Thomas Jefferson would call Clarence Thomas the N-word. 
Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. No one else is allowed to say it, but you know, whatever you do in your altars and in your spaces, I'm not allowed to comment on. But um, the rapture as we know it. My neighbors seem to be throwing a fucking dance party in the backyard. Go ahead. Sorry. I feel like your neighbors are always doing something when we're trying to do something. I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm more mad that they didn't invite me. Like, I could bring you guys glow sticks. No, I wouldn't show up. Say, Tori, you would not go. Like, with love and respect, you would not go. I saw a woman who took her, like, eight dachshunds on a trip to go (laughs) get the car washed. And she put stickers on their heads and gave them glow stick necklaces. And they're like, cup rave. And I was like, yes. Uh, also, I filed away um, car washes as reasons. I probably have ADHD because they scared the shit out of me. And they've scared the shit out of me since I was a child. I don't think they're relaxing. I don't think they're cool. I feel like all the foam is going to kill me and I'm going to drown somehow and the car is going to get swept away. And it's very, very loud and it's very confusing. So I'll just leave you at Krispy Kreme and then I'll go through Pirate Cove. Yeah, happily. Please just leave me at the Krispy Kreme. Like, I mean, just if if there's ever a situation where you can just leave me at the fucking Krispy Kreme, yeah, just drop me off. If there's ever... If there's ever a situation where the sentence is leave Amanda at Krispy Kreme, bitch, bye. <laughs> Krispy Kreme is amazing. And you get the little paper hat. We're not talking about the book because everything hurts. No. Um, so religious trauma is actually something that I didn't really realize that I had until pretty recently. Because like I said, I'm fairly at peace with being Catholic. You know, I have a family that is pretty much. Here's the thing about most Southern Catholics is we don't care. We don't. It's not so much that we're not homophobic or not sexist or not any of those things. We just don't care. It's whatever you're doing in your home is for you and God. So if you've had an abortion, okay, we don't necessarily agree with that, but that's on you and God. Uh, So despite having been raised Catholic my entire life, we always had this real like laissez-faire. My aunts were always very, very pro-choice and pro-birth control. My aunts were always pretty, like, chill with queer people. They have to be because I'm around. So I didn't really have that with the Catholic Church so much. I do, though, with my dad's weird evangelical church that hunted uh, doves. They went on a dove hunt every year. What? Yeah, they had a yearly dove hunt. Wait, they they went and hunted the symbol for the Holy Spirit? They hunted doves. And they would prepare them like a jalapeno popper, but of dove. They'd stuff them with jalapenos and cream cheese. The fuck? What did they eat them and go, this is the dove with whom I am well pleased? Like, come on. I, they invited my dad to go dove hunting. And my dad, being a black man, was like, I don't want to be around all these white folk with guns. And I was like, yeah. I mean, I was like eight, but I was like, yeah. (laughs) I was like eight. Your dad was not wrong. My dad was not wrong. wrong. Uh, They believed that uh, science wasn't real. That you could pray away illnesses. Uh, There was a lot of speaking in tongues. There was a lot of falling out when people like were pressed upon. Um, Dinosaurs and human beings existed at the same time. 
and human beings rode dinosaurs like horses with saddles. My ex-fiance's mom told me that dinosaurs were planted on this earth to make by Satan to make us not believe in God. Yeah, um, we saw a lot of documentaries, I'm using air quotes, about that, including one that was very, very fascinated about, uh, like, ammonites and trilobites. Just very fascinated about trilobites, where it's like, how can these exist? Like, because that's, because they're dumb. <laughs> It's like a horseshoe crab. Horseshoe crabs have not changed to millions of years. Why? Because they're dumb tanks. Leave them alone. Uh, we had to, and this is something that always shocks people. We had to pledge allegiance to the Christian flag. We've had this conversation and I just look at you like you're insane every time you say it. But we've, we've talked about this in depth. We have. We have. Uh, because again, it's one of those things that shouldn't exist. <laughs> it shouldn't. <laughs> like, I, I always forget, there's two versions of the Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag. There's one that's more intense than the other. We said the more intense one. Uh, that is just... Why is this a thing? Why is this a thing? Who let this be a I mean, white evangelicals let this be a thing, but, you know, I just don't understand. Do you ever just, like, look at something and be like, this is wrong? Mm-hmm. Constantly. You, you same. I'm a judgmental asshole. Same. But, like, I feel like I look back at that time of my life and just, like, every 30 seconds, it's like, you in danger, girl. They didn't like Pokemon or Harry Potter. Those were satanic. Uh, not all the other stuff that I was doing. That was satanic. Um, they really hated Catholics. They really hated that my mom was Catholic and that I still went to Catholic mass. Like they made a point to call that out regularly. Uh, because Catholics can take Eucharist like however often they want. Like if you go to mass six times a week you can have eucharist anytime you want and like at that church they only did it like once every month and it's like oh you desecrate the eucharist by not doing it by doing it all the time and it's like it's bought at a store at least ours gets stored in a tabernacle that's been here since like the 1800s y'all just put your shit in a box yeah the fundamentalist church i grew up in as a kid they used to take matzo crackers out of the box and the Welch's grapefruit out of the jug. And I know this because I helped my grandma and grandpa prepare the Eucharist every Sunday. Mm -hmm. I do maintain though, we practiced our Holy Communion with Welch's grape juice and goldfish crackers. And that does not prepare you for the wafer and Manischewitz you get. Oh. That was, that I was so upset that we practice with Welch's grape juice and goldfish, only to then be given Manischewitz. Um, I never got baptized in that church. I think my dad did. My mom didn't either. My dad's funeral was there where there were several allusions to my dad, like getting out of his casket. Like he was just gonna like walk up be like jokes on you friends i'm not really dead um 
And then my mom stopped giving them money and no one cared about her anymore. <laughs> but that was, of course, before I almost punched the pastor's wife in the face because she said that my mom's drug dealer boyfriend had aspirations of being my father and I should respect him. Nah. To which I almost punched a woman in the face. Also, do did I ever tell you the pastor's name? Mm-mm. Are you ready for the most pastor evangelical name? I am. Wayne Force. My God. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Pastor Wayne Force. <laughs> oh my God. There, Is okay. that not? <laughs> there are so many stories that I have from the church. There's so many and they're so painful. So, I mean, obviously we had me growing up as a kid in a very, very fundamentalist church. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, after my grandmother passed away and stuff like that, we kind of started to move to the Lutheran church. Well, as I got older, I went to another evangelical church because you know that's what that's what I was mostly raised on, and while I liked the Lutherans, the Lutheran church nearby me was racist as fuck, and I was not there for it. Mm -hmm. um, so I start going to this evangelical church, and we're talking like volunteering on Sundays, gathering the tithe, seating people. I was all in it to win it, mm -hmm. and then I found out that the head pastor didn't believe that women should be allowed to teach. Um, and that the only place that women should be allowed to participate, other than seating people on Sundays and gathering the funds, was in the uh, in the nursery. And anything else should be left to the men, and you shouldn't wear your pretty little heads. This was confirmed by multiple people and his own words. Um, to the point where the one pastor at the church that I actually trusted, him and his wife, were amazing. His wife was one of the best speakers I've ever met in my life. They left to go work at another church in Las Vegas because his wife was incredible, but she was constantly told, well, you can talk to the Sunday school, but I don't want you talking to the regular congregation. I'm going to have to pause the it really, really fast here because you brought up something that I still struggle with every once in a while, which is I forget that Las Vegas has people because I was just trying to wrap my head around like a Las Vegas church. And then I have oh, to yeah. remember... Nevada is a fucking state. <laughs> what? Once you get outside the strip, Las Vegas really is a real city. Like, it really I, is a city. And I know that. I there. know that. But like my brain was just like, wow, a Las Vegas church. Amazing. And it's like, you fucking moron. Of course. There's <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to stop it. My brain. But my brain did that like divide by zero thing where it's like, Huh, that's amazing! A church in Las Vegas? It's like, you fucking dipshit. Yes. <laughs> of course there are churches in Vegas. It's a lot of, of where I've been, or I was very frustrated when I was involved in, in the evangelical movement, was women were treated as second-class citizens, and now we see yeah. this very, very prevalently. In the United States... The evangelical movement wasn't really a big thing until like the 70s and 80s. That's when we got things like focus on the family. Um, we got yeah. with, with Dobson, we got all of these different organizations that 
stopped focusing on um, the United States as a whole and more focusing on how do we raise this perfect nuclear family where the women follow the men and nobody fights and we are good Americans. And yeah. unfortunately, a lot of those beliefs led to things like the government ignoring the AIDS outbreak for a very long time until it took out down a huge portion of the homosexual community and then suddenly only cared when it started affecting people through blood transfusions who were straight. Um, it also started affecting uh, white men who were on the down low slash doing hookers. Like yep. it wasn't just the panic over tainted blood. A lot of it was, we're losing businessmen and Wall Street brokers who really, really like gay prostitutes and love injectables. And here's so, the thing. Yes. You will always hear people be like, oh, homosexuality isn't natural, blah, 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 blah. I 100% guarantee you that men have always had sex with men and women have always had sex with women. You know why? Fact. Because they have the fucking court cases to back it up. And not just that. Fun fact about homosexuality. There are a lot of animal species that tend towards homosexuality because there's no sexual dimorphism and they can't tell each other apart. A lot of penguins are gay. Like 50% of penguin relationships are gay because they're too dumb to tell each other apart. And the cool thing is that the gay penguins will do crime so they can look like they're straight penguins. Like they'll steal chicks. So there's like gangs of lesbian pigeons and gay penguins who are just out like predators stealing babies from straight from straight penguins. Swans will do the same thing. Geese will do that. Pigeons will do that. Like a lot, there's a lot of homosexuality in birds. We're not saying gay humans will do this. There are probably some just throwing that out there. This is not yeah, a correlation. No, we're not saying that gay humans will do that. But it's like, there's a lot of homosexuality in nature. There's a lot of polyamory in nature. Like, it's just more advantageous. I don't understand. Well, I mean, I do understand. People are stupid. Um, but what's amazing to me is that, like most things that we talked about, is that, one, this is very recent. Uh, we talk about, especially, you know, like right now with Roe v. Wade being overturned, you know, we talk, we're trying to get to the root of this like evangelical crisis in America. And everyone again is making it sound like it just popped, like it, it, it existed always. It's always been, it's like the Jersey devil. It's always been here. <laughs> the Jersey, the Jersey devil is welcome. The Jersey devil is very welcome. Did you see the, that a Squishables finally released a Mothman? I did. I want it so bad. I pre-ordered him. Yeah, I pre-ordered him and the Jersey Devil, and I'm very excited for more Squishables. Um, not yet a sponsor. Please, Squishables, uh, sponsor us. I will happily accept all of them. But um, we talk about evangelical Christianity like it's always been here, and it hasn't. This is all very, very new. And while Catholics have been wilding for approximately 2,000 years... Most of us have been wilding in like three places. <laughs> like Catholics have been wilding for a minute, but like realistically, in only like a couple of places. Also, complete and utter sidebar. But I watched a documentary about all of the things that were wrong with Adolf Hitler, like all of his physical and mental ailments. 
There was something so funny about listening to a bunch of doctors nag Hitler. <laughs> uh, also, that Hitler's uh, personal physician. So everyone got like Reich, like Reich Master, like you know, Master of the Reich, and like everyone got long titles. His title, his personal physician, was Reich Master of Injectables or Needles. And it has a very, very fun German name. <laughs> this is what I do when I'm given downtime is, again, I'm that kid in your history class who knows too much about World War II. But because I'm black and have tits, I'm considered safe. But if I was a trench coat wearing white man, I would be a threat. <laughs> I would be a danger. <laughs> Um, well, I've been watching freaking this series on Hulu, Mormon No More. About I just got a notification for that. It's really good, but it it hurts, especially what to say? when you're Is this scared. your fault? Because I know we used to share a Hulu. Is this your fault? Because I keep getting pop-ups for it. It, it might be. Um, but uh, basically, it kind of follows uh, queer people in the, the community. And one of the guys that they talk to used to run conversion therapy. Oh. <sighs> We don't have Shit, time to talk like, about that, No, I'm, and that's that's a lot of the stuff that's in this book too. Is they're trying to pray her homosexuality out or out of her. Mm -hmm. They're trying to exercise her because they believe that it's a demon. And mm -hmm. Jeanette Winderson, her she her church really did try to exercise her. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. They're like, hey, um, we need to get all these gay demons out of you, and she's like. Uh, pretty sure there's no demons here, bro. And that's still something that you see a lot is. is if you don't agree with certain doctrines, oh, well, clearly the devil has her heart. Clearly the devil has affected her. Right. And I also want to hold, I also want to comment on something that I found interesting in this is that the idea that if you do any questioning or looking outwards, that that's bad and deserves to be mocked because like most things religion i always feel weird for people that are religious because this stuff really does have you ever watched raccoons try to wash cotton candy mm -hmm. that's religion the minute you apply any pressure to it it just crumbles and you're left with a sad raccoon yeah you remember me in uh September of 2021, reading When God Had a Wife. I do. And suddenly realizing that 36 years of my life were a lie. Yeah, I do. I do. Very clearly. Yeah. And you, yeah. were, you, were, you were a sad raccoon. You tried to wash your cotton really candy. Yeah. I was a sad raccoon who like was drinking vodka. Yeah. You, you got your cotton candy. You were so excited. You were so happy to have this cotton candy. And you go to rinse it off in the lake and it just dissolves. And I feel bad. Like, there's a lot of videos on YouTube where you can just, like, watch, like, Christians, like, not be able to answer questions. And, like, there's a schadenfreude kind of joy that you get where it's like, ha, I've defeated you with my boner and superiority and knowledge. But also, like, to have your entire way of thinking destroyed like that, I don't take any pleasure in that. I don't enjoy that. That's sad to me. When you like, well, yes. Also, too, 
you got to keep in mind that the majority of Christians in the United States haven't actually read the Bible. And they'll tell you they've read the Bible, but they have not read it cover to cover. They have not read anything that kind of explains things through. Yeah. What they've done is they take certain key passages. There are certain things you're going to know almost by heart because of Christmas and Easter. There are certain sections of the Bible that will constantly be taken out of context to be taught. I use mm -hmm. air quotes. Mm -hmm. um, and then the surrounding passages will be completely ignored. Um, so I, I don't think it's so much that they haven't read the Bible. It's they haven't read more than one type of Bible. Because, yes, because I first of all, the King yeah. James Version is mm -hmm. a lot is very often mistranslated. Yes, um, many many passages of it, yes. um, and then a lot of translations are based off the King James Bible. They're mm -hmm. not based off of anything in Hebrew or Greek or mm -hmm. you know, God help or you, Aramaic or anything. Yes. Well, and so what I so when I was in an evangelical church, and you probably had very very similar experiences is. We read a lot of contemporary Bibles, like oh, oh the, yeah, the, message the is woman's trash. yeah, the woman's contemporary Bible or the teen's contemporary Bible. Oh, so I had it's, the teen one. I had the teen girls one. So yeah, so it's basically like highlighted passages of stay your ass in the kitchen, don't ask questions, don't do the book learning. So you get these very tailored messages that are reinforcing so one of the things that we talk about on this show is when we make kids read something it's for propaganda it's always for propaganda regardless of what the message is behind it if we're making kids read something it is to push an agenda societally and i and that's what we do with the bible is we have one or two translations that rule none of us have read the bible none of us unless you were that person who dug up the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> and you know, you're reading the Gnostic Gospels. You're reading the other Coptic Gospels. You're reading all of the un the um, uncanonized books of the Bible. You're reading multiple translations of those. Like, unless you're doing that, you have not read the Bible. Your King James backwards whatever is not the Bible. It is one gay man's interpretation and one gay man who really, really hated witches and didn't like women's interpretation. <laughs> Like, we haven't read the Bible, which is why, like, I all there was a guy on TikTok who he had a he um, had a Bible and he disguised it as the Quran. And he was going out and he was reading passages and everyone's like, oh, see, proof, these Muslims, they're backwards. And it's like, this is from the Bible. And it's just like, oh, but like, you're right. No one has read that. They don't understand that. We don't teach that because it sucks and you're not supposed to take it literally because these are rules set up for a culture that doesn't exist anymore i have so many friends who are jewish who have talked to me about leviticus and about how many of those laws are completely unfollowable because the temple no longer exists yeah and leviticus is usually the first place that people who are trying to like debunk christians go because it's like Oh, and you're wearing fabric of more than two varieties. Yes, that is easy to throw at people. But also, like, none of these things were meant to be taken as dogma. We're doing Christianity wrong. We're fundamentally doing religion wrong. Uh, because there are we're some human beings. 
yeah. There, there are some great documentaries all over, and um, I'll share some resources that I have because I love studying theology. I love. I love Christian theology as something to study, almost like as mythology. I love the Bible as literature. I'm not crazy about it as dogma because Catholics, we have our own Bible and we have some added books. Our Bibles are longer. Your, your beautiful Apocrypha? No, we just have, we have a different Bible. Like our standard Bible is different than the yeah, King no, James I know. Bible. We, we call them the, it called the Apocrypha and the Lutheran oh. Church. Because oh, you have a bunch of books that they are like, oh, it doesn't, they don't count. Your Bible was so much more fun to read than the Lutheran one. Oh, yeah. Our Bible is very fun because we still have all the demons and stuff like that. Uh, our Bible is very, very more fun. fun. But like, I love the Bible as literature. I love Christian theology as mythos, as myth, as anything to rule your life by. I have dubious concerns. <laughs> I have I have dubious concerns about it because it's there's a documentary asking if Jesus was actually just a social construct and he was really just the effect that people had due to eating magic mushrooms. And you know what? Fair. Playa Garrick was a big tool in a lot of circles in the uh what is now the United Kingdom. Yeah. You know, and I, I hate Bill Maher now, but Religulous did make a lot of good points back into the 2000s when we were all edgelords. That sometimes religion really is just mowing the grass on your giant hill penis because the ancients carved a giant with an erection thousands of years ago, and now you have to mow the lawn around it. Sometimes that's religion, and it's weird, and it doesn't make any sense. But, like, there are some great, absolutely amazing uh, YouTubers that are doing really, really solid work on talking about like religion and myth and like in a way that is respectful and kind uh, religion for breakfast is a huge one that I really, really love. Um, I also appreciate anyone who can talk about um, Islam and the Islamic faiths without causing a flame war and just do so respectfully. I will add more later because there is no way this episode is getting posted tonight because both of us are tired. Um, I don't know what Mike had posted tonight. Tori, are you, feel, are you feeling full of beans? Are you feeling spicy? But, I mean, I always feel spicy. I've been drinking champagne, man. But um, suffice to say, religious trauma, one, it takes very, very many forms. Um, one reason why, like I mentioned, I didn't really think I had religious trauma was that I could laugh at a lot of the stuff that happened in my dad's church. I thought it was funny. Like, as soon as I stopped going, I was able to laugh at it. And then it wasn't until, like, these memories started really coming back for me that I remembered how, like, really destructive and repressive it was and how much I hated it and how othered I felt, how othered as a family we felt being African-American there, how weird everything was. And while I am not here to tote the Catholic church. There is a vast difference going from a Catholic service to an evangelical service. That is very jarring and very weird. The first few times you do it. Oh Everyone, there was a, there each was other. a church out here when we were still church hunting, AKA when I was still church hunting and my husband was being kind enough to go with me because he thinks all organized religion is bullshit. 
And understandably so, his father was a deacon and used to beat the shit out of him. So, you know, not a real strong component for following the church, right? Nope. And we went, walked into this church and the pastor, one of the very first things he said was, I'm so happy that we have black people in this church now. And I looked at Mark and he looked at me and I said, we can go now. Because I'm sorry. Like, you know what? That's that's something you don't say. You You can no. be happy that you have diversity in your church. You can be happy that you have a, a wealth of people. But you're signaling out the single family that's in the front row who doesn't want you to single them out. They just want to be there to worship. Like, well, and also, like, what fuck? were you doing that scared black folk away for so long? Like, that's always my thing. Is like, what were y'all doing that, like, made your church inhospi inhospitable to black people for as long? So, like, back home, uh, we had, when I was a kid, we had, like, three different services. We had English, Spanish, and Vietnamese. We have a huge Vietnamese population back home. And eventually the Vietnamese just built their own church. It was formerly a, uh, it was a, oh my God. It was a food lion. It was a food, <laughs> yes. Is that like a grocery store? Yes. It was a food lion, it was a food lion grocery store. And they just made the most immaculate church out of a food lion. And I always felt bad that they felt like they had to do that. Glad that they did. Glad that they built their own church because Vietnamese Catholicism really could get its own episode and is very, very complex and very, very different than standard Roman Catholicism because, frankly, Catholic missionaries ruin everything. Like, they have their own system of belief. They have their own style of worship. And it's very, very different than, like, standard Roman Catholic worship. In a lot of ways, the African, yes. I was going to say Irish Catholic is completely Irish different. Catholic is entirely different. A lot of the uh, individuals from Africa also branched off and made their own church because that is a very different style of religion. We had to be careful at my church because we had a lot of Santeria in our church. And I remember uh, Father Hector had to say, please stop leaving dead chickens in front of the Virgin Mary. I believe it. I believe yeah. it. Yeah. And, like, not a condemnation of that practice because read the room, but just that's not what everyone here is doing. And our custodians are tired of cleaning up chickens. We also isn't had a like, rosary. Really, yes. Isn't it really popular in Florida, too, Santeria? Oh, very. Very, very, very. Very, very. Uh, we also had a rosary garden that no one could get into, so it was just, like, overgrown and weird. And you would just, like, see a statue of the Virgin Mary just, like, alone in a weird, like, median encased by glass, but no one could get into it anymore. Whoa. You, okay. You would love my old church. I think I would. You would I taught Sunday school there. You would love my old church. It feels, we have a giant statue of Jesus who's just hanging over you. And uh, one of my friends, we're no longer friends now, but he went uh, when my mom died. And he just sees this, like, huge statue of Jesus just hanging. And he's like, is this what Catholic guilt feels like? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. It's that overbearing 
feeling that these eyes are always on you. Of course, Jesus is white because people in the Middle East don't exist and aren't in Africa. Uh, if you want to go to a really creepy fucking Catholic church, there's one in Jerome, Arizona, which used to be really big for mining and prostitution. Var and you've already said three words that I'm not interested in. <laughs> Arizona. Um, yes. So this, it's a very small town. Um, it's actually over, uh, I think it's Clarksdale. That's where my grandma used to live. So that blew my mind. But I had a friend who worked there at a winery, not the church itself, but in town. And the church, the they were working to raise money to shore up the foundation so it didn't end up in the only road outside of town to lead out of town um, <laughs> because it was shifting. But that cemetery was the least comfortable cemetery I've ever been in in my life other than Greyfriars. Greyfriars Friars Kirkyard okay. is... Are we going to have to talk... Are we going to talk about comfortable cemeteries? Like, I know what you mean, but okay. we have to so what I mean is when you walk into a place and you're like, wow, this this feels real uncomfortable. I don't want to be here. Most cemeteries I will walk into and it's like, oh, like, I don't know, really know how to describe it. Like, they're mm -hmm. they're gone. There's nothing there. You can talk to your relatives, but they're not going to like rise up and destroy you. This cemetery that was where a lot of nuns had been buried. Not that I'm blaming the nuns. But it was, you're you walked into it and you're like, I'm not supposed to be here. You get the same feeling in Greyfriars. Both times I've had a digital camera, full battery, ready to go. Stepped into Greyfriars in front of the McGregor's tomb. Both times, completely drained within five seconds. And then when I leave the cemetery, the camera's fine. And that's why I don't fuck around in that part of Scotland. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't fuck around to that part of school. Oh, you'd also love my alma mater cemetery. I want to go, and I want us to go see all the St. John's Wort and all oh, that. Oh, happily. I, yeah. I need St. Mary's to put out a book about their hauntings, too. I don't think they will, but I want them to. I will. I stayed in the I stayed in the poltergeist room and the failed exorcism room. Both. Back to back. The failed exorcism room, which... Let's just take apart that sentence. <laughs> that starts with failed and ends with exorcism. <laughs> oh, so many things went missing and I woke up with scratches all the time. Uh, St. Mary's is a very, very haunted and beautiful uh, campus. We have lots of cats and we also have a cemetery that acts as the front yard to the Marianist Retirement Center. So the brothers and sisters who are too old and too decrepit to be in the living Marius residence, get to overlook where they'll go shortly. Yay. Catholics are weird. Don't let anyone tell you different. Catholics are fucking weird. Uh, so that's a very, very short parlay into our religious trauma and how it plays into the book is read the book. Do you want to talk about the author? Yes, this is going to be real short and sweet, um, mostly because this book is very autobiographical. Mm -hmm. um, it's written as fiction, but a lot of it is her real experiences. Yeah. Uh, she was born August 27th, 1950, and she was adopted by Pentecostal evangelicalists. It, er, evan evangelists. They're, well, ugh, evangelists? Evangelists. I'm really tired. 
don't know if we're all tired it. it's okay anyway she had a very very sheltered childhood she read a lot of what she could get her hands on in the mm-hmm. book there's a part where she's her mom has been reading her Jane Eyre since she was a kid and tells her that Jane and Sinjin end up together, aka the missionary cousin. And she gets old enough and reads Jane Eyre and she's like, what the fuck? That's not what happens at all. So that becomes a, a whole part in the book. And it's actually something that really did happen to her. Um, she really did think being raised by her parents that she was going to become a missionary. That was like her whole goal. Again, as part of the sheltered childhood, she worked at a local library, and that's when mm-hmm. she was exposed to different kinds of books. And so she was able to read different things. And about this time, um, she realized that she was not into men, um, that she was very much into women. She preferred relationships with women, um, but that she was also taught that that wasn't natural. Mm-hmm. And uh, when she did try to confront this with her church. Her church tried to exercise her of her gay demons, like we were talking about. Um, she ended up breaking off all connection with her family and started working mm-hmm. at an ice cream place as kind of like the ice cream truck that her character discusses in the book, a funeral mm-hmm. parlor and a mental hospital. Um, this was her first book and it was published in 1985. She has a second book. It's like Frankenstein XXX or something. I've read that too, but I don't really remember it. Um, it came out a few years ago. I'm sorry, Jeanette Winterson, you're still alive. Um, but a lot of her work and stuff that you find does include a lot of that religious trauma. A lot of that, wait a minute, you want me to believe what now? I'm sorry, there's um, just something of the way you worded that, like it's tacked on. Like, do you remember those like scholastic book, those scholastic book fair books that you would get? And, like some that had like activities and just like tacked on to the back there's some religious trauma? Yeah. Here's some extra what, religious drama to keep you entertained. What, that's what you made it sound like. It's just like tacked onto the back of this book. It's just a bag of religious trauma. The funny thing is when I read this book, so just to answer the question, did we read this in school? I read it in a college class my sophomore year, sophomore and junior year. I was getting close to the end of my degree at that point in time. And I remember this was just kind of a blip on the radar. But all I remembered was that her character was gay. And so then I went back and read it this time and I went, oh, and she's English. Anyway. (laughs) I never had to read this in school. I do not regret reading it. I do regret reading it at this time because hit too close to home. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Hit way too close to home. Um, But good, 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 good book. Good book. There is something to be said, too, and this is something, thanks to that show Mormon No More, that really kind of struck me now, is how your relationship changes with people when you no longer have the same beliefs, the same belief structure, Um, and how she seems more able to forgive her mother when she's away from the practices that she's grown up in than when she's in it herself, like when she's believing the same thing. and that's actually fairly common for a lot of people who leave the church, whichever version of that it is. Um, after they undergo a lot of either therapy or, you know, in witch culture shadow work, or you you start to see mm-hmm. that it's not necessarily their fault. Like they they do have a duty to better themselves and 
look at all aspects of things, but you see why they would believe things that they would believe. You yeah, understand why your parents would tell you that you're just trying to be trendy when you come out at 14. Like you, you yeah. find out certain things like, and you, you stop hating as much, even though you think you don't have any hate. Um, you find yourself forgiving and going, okay, I get it. I'm not going to forget this. I'm not going to let this just slide forever because it's shaped me and forced me to look at different things. But at the same time, I get it. And you're forgiven. Here's what you can do if you want to. You know, it's, it's weird. Uh, because I never really got to do that with my dad. And I guess because he died, uh, I could just stay mad. I And I guess because, like, I had my dad for, you know, 10, 11 years before that, that it's kind of easy to, I don't want to say ignore, but it's easy to separate my dad from that and be angry at the church rather than be angry at my dad. Because if anything, especially like for my father, I see a man who is desperate to figure out something that fits. My dad reeked of like 80s diaspora where he was just throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping to find something that fit in a lot of ways that I feel that way now with, you know, my 90s, 2000s diaspora feelings of not being like other black people using air quotes, you know, being very, very different than some of my peers, but not being white where you are just throwing pasta at the fucking wall, trying to find something that sticks. And for whatever reason, he felt like it stuck there. If anything, I see my dad more as victim to that church than anything else. Uh, so I was able to really turn a lot of that angst I had about that particular church, one, into comedy, which is a huge sign that it was traumatic because now it's a joke. And two into i just feel bad i want to understand what was going on in my dad's life that this is the message that he attached to i wish i understood more about what was on his heart and what was in his head and what was going on to make sense why this was the message that did it because he never liked my mom's catholic church which again if you weren't raised catholic fair it's boring it's stuffy there's a lot of old white people i get it you know he was raised southern baptist why didn't he stick with that not that the southern baptists are you know somehow less fundamentalist and less radical but there's a difference between being southern baptist and suddenly now believing that evolution doesn't exist and also like you will see this in a lot of spaces um and I know I've had this with my aunts as well, where it's like religion will make people say things. And it's like, I know you're smarter than this. Like one of my aunts said something. We were in Virginia and I don't know how we got on this topic, but she was like, oh, yeah. And I don't believe that we evolved from orangutans. And I did like the Gordon Ramsay, you're an idiot sandwich thing. And I said, your dad did not go to Vietnam to send you and I to college for you to say that. Like, your dad did not go to the military and serve so that we could go to college for you to say that. Like, I fully just did, like, the you're an idiot sandwich thing. And, like, no. 
your father risked his life <laughs> to send us to school. You know better. We're not doing that shit here. <laughs> We're not doing that shit. <laughs> Pause. Back away. All right. Back we away. Come, we have come too far. We're not doing this shit. <laughs> not today. <laughs> we are in the cradle of American civilization. You are not doing this today. You will not embarrass me in front of our brilliant cousins and our brilliant great aunts where you're going to say we didn't evolve from orangutans. I really want you to do the idiot sandwich thing on John Cornyn and uh, Ted Cruz. I would. Oh my God. I would love to. I would love to. I just two slices of bread. You. Why are your cats arguing? It's just River. She's just like meowing at River, us. what the hell? Is it because you're mad at Ted Cruz? Get in line. We're all mad at Ted Cruz. She hates Ted Cruz because Ted Cruz, they, nobody fixed the the grid and then her mama almost froze. Although she did not, like that we all were sleeping in the same bed. I'm not thing. laughing at you almost freezing, but I do love that like that would be River's concerns. It's like we almost froze that one time. Uh, and now every Texan is afraid of extreme weather. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, guys, this is a different episode because we're in a different time and both of your hosts are exhausted mentally and physically. Why is your cat so pretty? She's so pretty. She... <laughs> I miss River. We don't record in person anymore. I don't get to bask in this cat's glory anymore. You can come bask in her glory. She's so she pretty. Would love that. She would. I know. She's such a pretty cat. We're not she talking about the book. Aren't me. She she, she wants other people who aren't me. Because she can con more trees and food out of you. Yeah, it works. She tried to climb in my purse several times. Uh, <laughs> so next month is birth month, which surprised Victoria. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is anymore. Or, I just Victoria forgot when my birthday is. I know your birthday's in July. I just didn't know it was July. Tori forgot my birthday. Because <laughs> she's like, what if we take a little break? And I'm like, well, but that's birth month. And she's like, oh, yeah, it is. Tori's trying to erase my birthday. Uh, I am not. No, it's just been one of those things where it's like, I know your life is a shitstorm right now. My life is a shitstorm right now. And so it's been yeah. one of those things of like, do we want to stop or do we want to keep going? I'm okay with either. <laughs> we're going to go light for July. And we're Yay. going to start with a one-act play by Tennessee Williams, The Lady of Larkspur Lotion. Which uh, I didn't believe was a real thing until you told me about it earlier. I feel like most people feel that way about Tennessee Williams. That it's like, <laughs> you, could just, you could just say a string of words and then say by Tennessee Williams and people would be like, okay. People remember us talking about Uncle Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I could just say, ah, uh, yes, Tennessee Williams wrote The Hot Pot of Melodious Desire. And you'd be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and you'd just be like, yeah, whatever. It's probably one of his, probably one, of his one acts. <laughs> My brain immediately went, J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Hot Pot of Melodious Desire. Like... Like you can just you can just do like a fucking Mad Libs and just like pull like four words out of the sky and be like by Tennessee Williams like that checks. 
time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tennessee Williams. We laugh so we don't start sobbing. That's, also, that's the majority of our life right now. I forgot that Tennessee Williams died in 1983, and I was shocked that there were photographs of him. It's like, oh, we have pictures of Tennessee Williams. What the fuck? I want to pretend that I am the reincarnation of Tennessee Williams, but I am most definitely not. <laughs> I don't think that that's good for it's either. Not. Like, I don't... <laughs> I, like, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that that's possible. I don't think that that's good for anyone. He's not something that you should aspire towards. No. No. Espe like, especially not I like, him. Hey. <sighs> like, there's, you know what? There's some authors and it's like, that's fine. I understand. I don't think he's on that list, friend. With Is all due like respect. Like, you don't also don't want to be the reincarnation of Ernest Hemingway. Oh, I'm fine with that. Um, I have no issue with that. I am I am okay being liberal, woke, black Ernest Hemingway. Remember that Tumblr era when it's like, oh, Thomas Jefferson was a queer trans man? That's me what? with Ernest Oh, Tumblr did some things. God bless you. I was actually... I was talking about you on my other podcast where it's like, I forget sometimes that I have friends that are normies. And then I say things like I've been writing erotic fan fiction since I was 12. And it's like, Wait, how am I normal? In comparison to me, unfortunately, you are normal. Is it just because I keep my mouth shut? <laughs> no, there are a lot of things that I've done that I don't think you have for better or worse. Uh, but it was like, yeah, I forget sometimes when I talk to people that are like, that that has not always been their fan experience. But that's fucking weird. Don't do that! <laughs> but, um, guys, we have designs that are still up that donate to the Lilla Fund and to protect trans kids in Texas and abroad and to still support Ukraine because that's still a thing that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, I would say be kind, but only to each other. Fuck everybody else. <laughs> like, be kind to each other, yes. But, um, oh, to the Gen Z kids that within 24 hours of Roe v. Wade being overturned, leaked the Supreme Court justices' addresses for their homes, stole their credit card information, and bought Hatsune Miku figurines and Roblox dollars? <sighs> I am afraid of you, but thank you. I heard someone say today that the song Teenagers by My Chemical Romance is the official anthem of Gen Z now. That has always yeah. been true. Is Whenever millennials look at Gen Z, it is literally just teenagers. Because, yeah, we're scared of you. Not all of you. Some of you are dumb as rocks. But, like, 
Y'all can do some shit. Carry oh my on. god, one of my friends today posts on, he's like, oh, they're gonna just say they're gonna start a revolution, they can't even start a lawnmower. I'm like, dude, you lived with your mom until you were 30 and she still paid all your bills. These kids are a lot smarter than you are. They doxed <clears throat> the Supreme Court. I ain't gonna say jack or shit. Mm -mm. All I can say is, wow. There's people protesting outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house right now. By the way, I feel like that whole assassination attempt thing was faked. I think it was faked so that they could get security. Because the guy called before he attempted anything. And he's like, I just, I feel like I'm doing the wrong thing. Okay, Tori, Bullshit. Tori, we don't have time to talk about political conspiracies at 8 o'clock at night on the podcast. Tori, we don't have time to talk about political conspiracies. Tori, it's nighttime now. We can't talk about political Tori, go to bed. Tori, just stop full... yelling, damn the man. It's 10 p.m. Just full PR crisis, Amanda. Victoria, we can't talk about that. Just, just full, just full PR crisis, Amanda. Just, no, you can't do that. Um, yeah, fuck the police. Like, I got in trouble. They're like full H There's a double standard. <laughs> You're not a white man. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean it, was, it probably was faked but we don't have time to talk about that nor do we have time to talk about the complicated legacy of the police in america we're gonna go now uh stay safe everything is on fire but uh we're doing our best out there and uh go read a book bye